Shema Yisrael. Welcome to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries with Aaron Budgen. Aaron discovered Jesus is his Messiah while preparing to be a rabbi. He now teaches for several organizations and is the teaching pastor for Living God Ministries. Strongly distinguishing between the Old and New Covenants, Aaron presents the scriptures from a Judaic and historical frame of reference. Join Aaron now as he reveals the reality foreshadowed and the new life we can now experience because of what the Lord Jesus accomplished for us. A traditional message in the Christian church today often sounds something like this. God has called you to himself. You are now a member of the family of God. He has drawn you to himself for the purpose of getting you to stop sinning that his role in your life is to intervene in your life in whatever way is necessary in order to get you to stop the sin in your life. That is why he is here. Now, I certainly do not agree with this, but this is the traditional message that most people hear on a weekly basis, at least on a weekly basis. If they will attend their church more than once a week, then normally they'll hear it more than once a week. However often they decide to visit their congregation and have this message presented to them. But this certainly is the traditional message that is given. And there are many passages in the scriptures that are often read or referred to in order to exaggerate this point, in order to teach this notion that that is what your relationship with your God is truly about. And I understand these passages in the scriptures. I've seen them. I've read them. I've studied them myself. I just don't agree with that being the proper application of the passages that many people refer to in order to present this to others as the purpose by which God has saved them in order to get all of the sin out of their life. One of the popular references that is used in order to present this to people is found in the Gospel of John in John chapter 16. In John chapter 16, between verses 7 and 11, we have the words of the Lord Jesus where he says, beginning in John chapter 16, verse 7, But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment concerning sin because they do not believe in me and concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you no longer see me and concerning judgment because the ruler of this world has been judged. And so people will refer to this and say, you see, the role of the Holy Spirit or your God, the role that your God has in your life today is to intervene in your life to whatever degree is necessary in order to convict you of your sin that you need to be convicted of your sin. You need to, first of all, be properly informed of what sin is and, of course, what sin is not. But you need to be informed of that. And then you need to feel guilty for your failure in your own personal life for committing that sin or by not being obedient to God with the things that you should be doing. That that is the role of your God in your life. He is here in order to convict you to make you feel bad, as bad as is necessary, in order to ensure that you feel so bad that you will stop it, that you will stop doing those things that you should not be doing, and you will start doing those things that you should be doing. This is the traditional message that is often presented to Christians today. 
Now, the belief is, is that if you are properly informed and you feel guilty enough or you feel ashamed enough, then you will have an opportunity to go in the direction of righteousness. That's normally the goal. First, you are convicted of your sin, and then you will pursue a life of righteousness or sanctification. You will effectively pursue a life of obedience and repentance, as is necessary, in order to get all of the sin out of your life because of your conviction to do so, your desire to do so, and you will begin to build or obtain a sense of righteousness because of your obedience. And certainly when you fall short, then you can rely on the righteousness of the Lord Jesus to make up the difference for where you have fallen short. And again, I certainly do not believe this, but this is the traditional message or a traditional message that is often presented. In addition to sin and righteousness, the Holy Spirit is here in order to help us to know about the judgment of God. And if you would like to experience some judgment from God, then all you have to do is avoid a life of righteousness or turn to the sin that is in your life, because eventually, because he loves you so much, he is going to find a way to intervene and exercise judgment against you for your sin. That is what his role is in your life, to inform you of your sin, to convict you of your sin, to give you an opportunity to pursue his righteousness. And if you fail, then he is there in order to exercise judgment against you, in order to cause pain and suffering, whatever is necessary, in order to get you to stop sinning. This is what people teach. This is what people believe. A lot of people teach this. A lot of people believe this. This is very common. This is very popular. This is a common interpretation of our relationship with our God, what our relationship is about. And John chapter 16 is often referred to in order to give evidence that this is the way that we should be living or this is the way that we should expect our life to be when having a relationship with our God. But there's an important word that is used here in John chapter 16, verse 8, that tends to be ignored. And that's the word world in John chapter 16, verse 8. He said, and he, referring to the Holy Spirit, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. He didn't say that he would convict you of these things, but that he would convict the world of these things. And so quite often people will refer to this passage assuming that he's talking about believers or assuming that he's talking about Christians, that this is the role of the Holy Spirit in your life in order to help you become a mature believer. But that's not what he says. He says that this is for the world, that the world needs to be convicted concerning sin. This is in verse 9, because they do not believe in me. He didn't say they need to be convicted of their sin because they are coveting things or they need to be convicted of their sin because they're committing adultery or they're committing murder or they're not loving their neighbor as themselves or they're bearing a grudge against someone. That's not what he said. He said that they are committing sin because they don't believe in him. They don't believe in the Lord Jesus, which means that they do not believe in what he came to do for them, which was to die for their sins and to take away their sins so that their sins are no longer held against them by their God so that he can offer to them and restore to them the Holy Spirit that had been lost in Adam that they have a need for 
who will then resurrect them from the dead so that we can be spiritually alive as Adam was when he was originally created, we can once again be made spiritually alive so that we can have a living, interactive relationship with the living God through the indwelling presence of his life within us that actually resurrects us, and that is described as the Holy Spirit. And it is in this way that he certainly helps. He helps by resurrecting us. That's how he helps. But if a person is not willing to believe in the Lord Jesus and what he came to provide, then that is a sin that remains unforgiven. He cannot exercise forgiveness for a person's rejection of the forgiveness that he has offered to that individual. In John chapter 16, verse 10, he said, "...and concerning righteousness." because I go to the Father and you no longer see me. Well, the fact that he went to the Father gives evidence that his righteousness is true and that your righteousness is not true. His righteousness is real and your righteousness is not real. He has given a clear distinction that he is the one who has resurrected from the dead. You are not the one who has resurrected yourself from the dead, and no one's going to resurrect you from the dead outside of the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit that is offered to you in accordance with the gospel. And so his righteousness, his righteousness, his right standing with God is established, it is testified of by his resurrection. And so his righteousness is true, and the Holy Spirit is here to convict the world of this truth. Those who do not believe, he is here in order to tell those who do not believe that he is alive, that he is active. This is a ministry of the Holy Spirit to reach out to the world, and he does this quite effectively to provide enough evidence to everyone so that when they go before the living God, the living God will have great confidence in being able to say that he provided enough evidence for them to choose to reject the Lord Jesus and reject the gospel. Or, of course, they could accept the gospel, they could accept the Lord Jesus. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God himself, is actively involved in reaching out to the world. That is one of the reasons for which he is here. But concerning judgment, well, again, the judgment is not a judgment for God to intervene in your life to punish you for your sin. This judgment is for the world. In John chapter 16, verse 11, the Lord Jesus said, And concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. If the ruler of this world has been judged, he has been judged in the sense that he has been condemned, so also his message will be condemned, and those things that he believes will be condemned. And those who have rejected the Lord Jesus by default accept the message and the ministry of the devil, the ruler of this world. Therefore, the Holy Spirit is here in order to testify to them that they are going to be judged just as the devil has been judged and will experience further judgment. So also that judgment will be levied upon all of those who truly worship him or who serve him or believe the same things that he believes. That is a very important distinction, and it's important to understand that this is the role of the Holy Spirit in the world, that the Spirit of God is not here for the purpose of convicting his believers of their sin and of his righteousness and about his judgment, but he is here to do that to the world. Now, to believers, if you want to know what his role is to believers, you just keep reading. Continue to read into John chapter 16, verse 12. 
where it says, I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. That's a very powerful statement for the Lord Jesus to give, to say that there were many things that he wanted to share with us, but we were not capable, or at least his disciples, were not capable of burying them or understanding them. Continuing into verse 13, But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. All things that the Father has are mine, Therefore I said that he takes of mine and will disclose it to you. Now this is a very powerful thing to recognize, and that is that the role of the Holy Spirit in your life as a believer is not to deal with the issues of your sin, is not to deal with the issues of your righteousness or the lack thereof, and certainly is not here to deal with the issues of judgment. He is here for the purpose of guiding you and leading you into all truth into the truth, whatever that may be as it relates to whatever issues you are dealing with in your own personal life and in your growth and development as a believer in Christ Jesus and in your relationship with the living God. Whatever those issues are, He is taking full responsibility and authority concerning those issues and that this is extremely important. This is extraordinarily important to recognize that the role of your God in your life The primary role, the means by which he helps you, is first and foremost to tell you the truth. That is the first and foremost important aspect of your relationship with your God. What you believe, what you know, what you understand is the most important aspect of your relationship with your God. There is nothing else that can possibly surpass that 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 is what he is actively doing in your life consistently and constantly, drawing you to himself, reaching out to you, trying to relate to you the truth. Because if you will believe the truth, if you will trust in the truth, it will totally transform everything about who you are and everything about your life. Nothing can possibly be a substitute for that. No church, no fellowship, no praise and worship service, no event, no service project, no whatever. There is nothing that can possibly replace the importance of this. This is why so much of my work that I do is focused on communicating the truth, no matter what it takes or what I have to do in order to do that. That is my focus. My focus has always been and always will be a focus of trying to get you to understand and believe the truth. Because if you will know the truth, if you will believe the truth, it is the truth that will set you free from whatever bondage you are experiencing. For example, one of the first and most important truths that a believer needs to know and understand and believe and trust in is that the Lord, his God, the Lord your God, does not hold your sins against you anymore. That when he died on the cross and he said it was finished, he meant it. He has died for the sins of the entire world, and he no longer holds any sin against anybody in the world or in the church or in his body. 
He holds no one's sins against them, except, of course, for the sin of rejecting the forgiveness that he is offering. That is something that he can't die for. But everything else, certainly, he certainly has forgiven you of all of your sins. And so anything that you believe, anything whatsoever that gives the impression that he holds your sins against you in any way whatsoever, no matter what it is, if that is what is being communicated or if that is what you believe, it is a lie. It is not the truth. It is not the ministry of the Holy Spirit It is not the purpose of your God to tell you that he holds your sins against you. That is a very important truth. First of all, because if there was any sin that was still held against you, it would require the death of God in order to provide for reconciliation between you and him. And he's not going to come and do it again. He did it once for all. That is the seriousness of sin. With regards to righteousness, he now looks at you with his righteousness He sees the Lord Jesus when he sees you in that context. Why? Because he doesn't see your sin anymore. And so by default, he no longer holds any of your sins against you. In addition to this, he then no longer has any need to exercise judgment against you. Because if he did, then that would mean that he would hold your sins against you. So the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus is vitally important. It is a powerful truth that gives you the opportunity to be set free if you will only believe it. Now, while I have said these things, I realize that most of the people who are listening to this radio program will believe exactly what I have said. That's not the problem. The problem is not you believing what I just described. The problem in general is all the additional things that you believe that contradict this truth. And there are many of them, and I, of course, have done many radio programs on these subjects, But it's important to think about that and ask the Lord about that. Ask him to show you those things that you believe that contradict this truth, that leave you in a condition of believing two things that are totally contradictory so that you can at least see where the opportunity exists for you to be in bondage on the basis of not truly believing in the forgiveness that you have. Now, in addition to this, if you will actually believe this, then there are many other things that he can tell you about, that he can show you, so that you can grow to understand your God, who he is as a person, and how he relates to you in a greater way. And the Lord Jesus was not able to really do this during his ministry, because the Holy Spirit was not made available to his believers until after he died and rose from the dead. It was only then that he could indwell within us so that he can relate to us in this way. The Lord Jesus himself said that there were many things that he wanted to tell us, but we could not bear them at that time. And the reason why was because we were spiritually dead and we did not have the Spirit of God indwelling within us. There is no way that a person can know the things of God without the Spirit of God indwelling within them to communicate to them directly in their spirit, in the very core of their being, to relate to them the truths of the living God so that they can begin to know him. No one can teach that. The only thing that a teacher can do, that the Lord Jesus could do, or that anyone today can do, is to tell you the truth, but the Holy Spirit indwelling within you must confirm that truth and share that with you so that you can know truly that it is true and through the testimony of the living God and dwelling within you, and it is then that you will be able to begin to truly live your life 
relying on this truth and depending on this truth and experiencing the transformation that will happen within you as you do. But in addition to the forgiveness of sins, you have been set free from the law, obviously, because if there is no sin held against you, then there is no law that can be imposed upon you. And if this is the case, then again, your God can accept you. He can accept you. He can love you in a way that he could have never accepted or loved you before, because there would always be something that he could hold against you because you could never live in total and absolute obedience to the law. So his forgiveness has certainly set you free from the law. He has set you free from all burdens that you could possibly be burdened with. Why did he do this? Why did he set you free? Many people could look at this and say, he has set me free so I can now go out and indulge my flesh without any consequence. But that certainly is not the case. He did not set you free so that you could go out and indulge your flesh without any consequence. He set you free so that he could reach out to you and he could meet the very deepest needs of your heart. You have needs. And it's not to go out and sin. You have a need to be loved and you have a need to be accepted. You have many needs in addition to these. But you cannot be loved or accepted by your God if he holds your sins against you. But you can if you recognize that he doesn't hold your sins against you. And so he is able to give to you out of the abundance of who he truly is as a loving and as an accepting person that he can reach out to you and meet the very deepest needs of your heart. And the effect of this can be extraordinarily profound because if you are set free from the burdens of wanting to be accepted and loved, then you will be set free from going out into the world to try and indulge your flesh to feel some sense of being accepted or loved. By receiving what he has for you, you can be set free from the burdens of the flesh, from the burdens of the world. You can experience peace and rest in him. Why? Because it's true. That's why. You can experience it because he offers it to you freely because that is who he is, because that is what he has for you. And your maturity in Christ Jesus, your maturity as a believer in Christ Jesus, as a Christian, will then be an experience of discovering the truth that he has to share with you, and also discovering, taking, and applying what he has to give to you of himself. And I sincerely believe that that is what the Lord Jesus was referring to, In John chapter 16, in verse 13, when he said that when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will disclose to you what is to come. And then in verse 14, he will glorify me, for he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. He's going to tell you the truth. He's going to take that which is of the Lord Jesus and he's going to give it to you. In addition, in verse 15, all things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he takes of mine and will disclose it to you. He will give it to you is what he will do. He will disclose it and he will give it. What will he give? The abundance out of the abundance of all that the Lord Jesus has, which is all that the Father has. All that your God has, he is giving to you, and that is all that you need in the deepest part of your being. And so this is the role of the Holy Spirit in your life, and this is the opportunity for you to mature as a believer 
it is to now live a life in trust and in dependency on what the Lord Jesus has done for you, what he has now given to you, so that you can grow and live in your daily life out of the abundance of what you have in Christ Jesus. I pray that you will grow to know this and begin to live out of the abundance of what he has given to you. I am out of time for this broadcast, and so I would like to encourage you to consider listening to the programs that I did on the will of God. I do believe that the subject of the will of God would be a good follow-up to this program because it addresses the subject of your inheritance, the inheritance that you have received as a result of his death, that his will was the description of an inheritance that you have now received as described in Hebrews chapter 9, verses 15 and 16. So I would like to encourage you to listen to those programs. In addition to those programs, the ones that I did on your identity in Christ would also be a good follow-up to this program. With regards to the Lord Jesus saying that he had many things to say to his disciples, and yet they were not able to bear them at that time, says much more than just telling them that they needed the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit in order to know the things of God. I personally believe that that was a way of him telling them that there are levels or there are degrees of growth and maturity, and that the Lord requires us to understand some things before he is going to be able to effectively share with us other things, other important truths. For example, when it comes to the subject of being set free from the law, I normally don't start talking about that subject when I find myself conversing with a new believer. The reason why is because the only way that I know of in order to clearly describe the freedom in Christ Jesus from the law is to first start with the subject of forgiveness. And so first I'll begin with the subject of forgiveness and then go to the subject of law and grace. And then from there I can get into other subjects and other issues such as spiritual warfare and some other topics that certainly are much more advanced. And so I sincerely believe that that is also a way of the Lord telling us that he requires us to know and believe and trust in some things that he has shared. And only then will he be able to share with us other things. Otherwise, we might find ourselves being relatively stunted in our growth or prevented from actually maturing more in our faith. Do ask the Lord about this in your own personal life. You have been listening to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries. You can hear all of our programs for free through our radio archive at livinggodministries.net. That is, livinggodministries.net. Do help us develop new radio programs and continue broadcasting on this and other radio stations. Send your contributions to Living God Ministries, P.O. Box 38353, Colorado Springs, Colorado. 80937 or use the donation link on our website livinggodministries.net that is livinggodministries.net